Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today and to be with you. And I hope you're enjoying this uh, incredible weekend that we have. I think people that come to church on weekends like this, it's like a special place in heaven for you. You agree with that, right? Yeah, I would if I were you. I'd be like, hey, I'll take anything I can get. So uh, uh, anyhow, it's a beautiful day, and we're so glad to have you with us today. We're starting a brand new series called DNA. And uh, DNA, we all have it. it basically, it, it's, it's an encoding mechanism that our body has. It's a blueprint for basically for developing our body and kind of gives us instructions for what we're going to become. And uh, every church has this. It's a particular DNA, a particular way in which we do what we do, and, and, and God gives us that. And so over this week and the next several weeks, we're going to talk about that. And for some of you, this is going to kind of be a, a, a journey of discovery. Uh, you may be new to Life Church. Maybe you're not even a Christ follower and you're just kind of kicking tires. And, and this will be an opportunity for you to be able to uh, just kind of explore what, what, what's this all about and what are we really supposed to do as Christ followers or what are Christ followers supposed to do and, and what does that mean and how does that work in our lives. And then for some of you, it's going to be a reminder of, hey, man, this is, this, is, this is the basics. This is what we do, and this is kind of how we operate. And so today I want to talk to you, though, about, uh, as we start this series, on the table. And, uh, and that's kind of what I have here on the platform is a table. And I'm going to kind of walk around this because I think that the church is a table where people come to be fed. I think that the local church is a table where people, they're fed. Does that surprise you at all that I liken church into food or table or any of that kind of stuff? So if you're not hungry yet, you will be. And I'm, I'm working on a double espresso right now, so I'm, I'm hungry just to let you know. This is always a good service to come to so, uh, because of that. So, so, so there are seats around this table, and I just kind of want to kind of get right into this. The first seat that I want to talk about is, um, is, is what I call the, the, the pasture chair or uh, kind of the, the food dude. Again, does it really surprise you that I kind of connect with food and that that's my responsibility. And so, so, so this, this, is, this, is where the, this is where the pastor basically sits. And it's not that it's most important. It's just simply that, well, this is just kind of the place. And as you can tell, you know, everything's level and, and, and it's not really ahead of a table. It's just really the pastor's responsibility to serve. Uh, and, 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 and so the Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said of himself that I am the bread of life. And, and so my responsibility as the food dude, as the pastor of the local church, is to serve up the bread of life, Jesus, John 6.35, hot and fresh every week, to build the believer and serve the seeker. And so my responsibility is to serve you. My responsibility is not to have some leftover last week rehashed message, not some Saturday night special. And it amazes me how pastors can take the most amazing book ever written the very words of God and can dumb it down to make it something that's like a snoozer. This is completely boring. You know, you ever thought about that? We all preach out of the same book, but how different it is. And, uh, and so the reality is, is that every single week, my responsibility is to serve the people that sit around this table, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, hot and fresh, like Krispy Kreme donuts, hot and fresh. I'm hungry. All right, so, 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 so how, who's all around the table? Who's all invited to come around the table? I, I want to talk about that for a second. So if this is where I sit, um, then I want to talk about that, that there are three other seats that represent you around the table. And every single person represents, every single person sits at one of these three seats. I think that a local church is healthy 
when it has a good equal proportion within reason, this isn't like a, an algebraic equation, but of people that are sitting here, basically thirds. A third of the people sit here, a third of the people sit here, and a third of the people sit here. And so I want to explain to you each one of these groups of people. I want to walk you through this. And as I am, you're going to kind of resonate to go, that's where I'm sitting, seated. That's, that's, my, that's my chair. That's, that's my seat. So the first chair is this gold chair. It's this yellow chair. And this is the mature Christ follower. Uh, this is the person who passionately loves Jesus, who's what I call a self-feeder. They, they don't need me to spoon-feed them. They're, they're not a baby. Uh, they, 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 they regularly read the Word of God. They, they pray. They're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Nobody sitting around this table, especially the guy in this blue chair here, is perfect. Um, no, nobody is. And so the person that sits here, though, they're a mature Christ follower. They understand that, that their responsibility is to link arms with the pastor, with the food dude, and basically help serve the other people at the table. They don't, church is not built for them. Church is, let me help you with this. Church just doesn't exist for the found. It exists for the lost. Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost, not claim that which is found. Just a theological thought. You don't like the Bible. You don't have to agree with it. But anyhow, but the reality is it's what the Bible says. And so, so the people that sit here are mature Christ followers. The people that sit here, these are the people that are serving. These are the people that are giving. These are the people that, that are giving of their time and their talent and their treasure. These are the people that are tithing. They're, they're giving a portion of their income to the local church. These are the people that are involved in ministries. These are the people that says, hey, pastor, if you need me to park wherever, I'm happy to. You need me to go to a different service because that's, a, that's the lowest attended service to create seats for people that are new to life church, I'll move. You need me to lead a life group, I'll do it. You, you need me, what, what do you need from me, pastor? You can count on me. And if you sit in this chair, can I just really quickly say one thing? Thank you. Thanks. I, I mean that with all sincerity. Because without you, I can't do what I'm doing. I need you. This church needs you. The other people at this table need you. The world needs you. And the most amazing thing to me about you is that you don't complain and you don't gripe. And I know there are things that at times I do things you just go, oh, I don't know if this is a really good idea. I can't believe he just said that. Okay. That's okay. You may disagree with me from time to time. But yet you go, hey, you know what? We're both together doing this great commission. We're both together walking this thing out. And what Paul would say are, are my, my sentiments. I thank God for you upon every remembrance of you. I pray for you regularly and your families and your businesses and the work of your hands. And I thank God for you. Because you come in to Life Church and you help. Without you, we don't accomplish what we're here to accomplish. So thank you. I don't say that enough. Thank you. It's an honor to sit in that chair and to work with you. I don't feel like I'm any better than you. I feel like you and I are tag teaming just to, to take on hell with a water gun. And I just want you to know when you get to heaven and, and, the, um, and, and your name is called, I'm going to be your biggest fan. Because I think that all the things that have happened here and all the things that will be accomplished through missions giving, through multi-site, through multiple campuses, through all of those things, it happens because of the people that sit in this seat. Thank you. So 
We got me, the food dude. We've got mature Christ followers. And then let's talk a little bit about this next group. This is the, the, this green chair here. The, these people are, are what I call, they're, they're either new to their faith in Jesus Christ or they're new to Life Church. You may be a Christ follower, but this is a new place for you. Maybe you moved here, you transferred here, your job, whatever, you're in transition with the church. And, and you, you may be a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're new to Life Church. And every church has a unique DNA, and so every church has a, has a different way of, of, of looking at things. And so this is where you sit, and, or maybe you're branded your faith in Jesus Christ. And, 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 and the people that sit here, you're growing, you're developing, you're asking questions. I love that. Don't quit, ever quit asking questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Ask. I, I love new Christ followers that sit in this seat because they, 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 they're like, hey, hold on just a minute. I, I need to go to the table of contents and see what page the book of Hebrews is on because I don't know where that's at. I love that. I, these people here, they, they don't know what they shouldn't do and what they shouldn't say. It's great, man. They, they've, not, they've not been Christianized. You know? they, they've not been, they haven't been around a bunch of crusty Christians. They, they just, they, all they know is that Jesus Christ changed their life. And they want to sit, and they want to feed, and they want to learn, and they want to go. And so, so myself and the mature Christ followers, we're working together to help disciple and to help create that, that, that God's began in you and to help encourage you. And, and if you're sitting in this seat, I just want you to know, man, I'm clapping for you. I, I, I'm cheering for you. I, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. And so keep coming. And I want you to understand something. Nobody around this table is perfect. And so you may feel like, man, I, I'm, I'm not worthy. Or, man, I just totally crashed and burned. Knock yourself up. Dust yourself off. Get back in this chair. Get back to this table so that we can keep serving up the bread of life hot and fresh. We are here to grow you. We're here to help you. We're here as iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another, that's what we're here for. All the kids' ministries, all the family focus, sit in this seat. Early childhood, elementary, student life, right here. You know why? Because they're new, they're young, they're learning. And I know sometimes you come to Life Church and you just kind of go, yeah, but Life Church and the kids' ministry, it's just a lot of games and a lot of fun. And you come to the Germantown campus and it's just a, it's just a bunch of, you know, it's, just, it's, a, you know, it's an indoor playground or it's video games. There's nothing really serious that goes on. Let me help you understand something. We have a, we've developed a, a process, an intentional process, that from a time a child is a toddler through the fifth grade, that we have systematic theology that they've been able to go through three different times. The same way that your children learn math or science or history, it's the same thing over and over until they get a certain proficiency. That's exactly how we've developed it. Now, but you go, but I don't see that. Well, it's kind of like when you take the broccoli, Mom, and you cover it with cheese so the kids will eat it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. What happens is, is do, if I walked in and said, okay, we're going to just... All we're going to do is I'm going to teach your kids sanctification this weekend, the doctrine of sanctification. Here's how this works. And they would be like, they would be out like some of you are right now. Wake up. Okay, right? So it's, that happens. And, 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 but, but the deal is, is that when they come in and they see the indoor playground, they run to that. Why? Because it's a welcoming environment. What kid doesn't want to be on a playground? What kid doesn't want to have fun? And, and pardon me, but where in the Bible does it say that to having fun and going to church is mutually exclusive? 
don't, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm sorry that you went to a church like that. I'm sorry they had Sunday school in the basement and they, and, and, and they smacked your hand with a ruler. I'm really sorry, but go to Lowe's, get a ladder and get over it. This is the year 21st century. And so we're, we're going to do things a little different. And so we want your kids to love to come to church. We want your kids to cry when they have to go home. Amen. And so going into, and, and, but, we're, but I want you to understand, they are learning the things of God. They are getting the things of God. They're getting it. And so they're going to learn what sanctification is, that it's instantaneous and that it's progressive. They're going to understand that it means to be set apart from, but they're going to get it in a way that they can understand it so that we're building blocks into their life. So by the time they get into student life, it's highly applicational in the teaching. That's all very intentional. You know why? Because students are social before they're spiritual. Listen, buildings don't attract kids, students. Video games, hangout places don't attract kids. You know what attracts kids? Kids. Kids attract kids. And if there's an environment that's set up where students feel comfortable, they feel like nobody's hagging them or nagging them, they feel like they can hang out, then they will show up, and when one, when one comes, they all come like a mob, and they just hang out, and it becomes this safe place. And then in that environment, they're open to receive spiritual uh, uh, impartation, if you would, spiritual teaching, because they get it, they understand it. Because life starts happening. And so based upon that basis of what we've given them, from early childhood all the way through elementary. We're talking about now, how do you deal with friends? How do you deal with peer pressure? How do you deal with your parents? How, how do you walk these things out? What does God have for you? What's God's plans for you? What, what, what are you supposed to do with your life? What, what, what are you supposed to do? What, what you're feeling, what you're going through, all those kinds of things, we begin to connect the dots, and it's highly applicational. Not watered down, highly applicational. Well, I just don't know if that's very deep theologically. Well, let me help you with something. If you read how Jesus taught, if you read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he did 10% information, 90% application. He quoted the Old Testament, he quoted prophets of the Old Testament, and he used that, and then he explained it. But 90% of his time was spent in parables or miracle signs and wonders, which were basically great object lessons. Here, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to heal this person, raise him from the dead, but you're never going to forget this. So let me show you how God works. You remember it said, Isaiah said, da 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 and here's what's going to happen, rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. Boom. Everybody understand that? That's kind of what he did. That's what we do with your students. It's growing, and that's people that sit in these seats. We love to see the growth that happens here. Again, a third of the church should be spiritually mature people. Some of you think that a majority of the church should be spiritually mature people. No. A third. And a third should be people that are new in their faith. People that are getting saved, man. Do you understand that on an average, we have several people every single weekend that's coming to faith in Jesus Christ, several people every weekend that are sitting in this chair for the first time. It's awesome. It's stinking awesome to see it. So stinking is a newly inspired version of the Bible right there. Okay. The last <laughs> chair I want to talk about is this red chair. I like red. Don't hate me. I like red. It's my favorite color. But um, red chair. It's what I call the center chair, red. Going to hell, hell is hot. It's red, right? Everybody got that? Whoa, he just said hell and center in the same sentence. I thought this was kind of one of those new churches that doesn't talk about that stuff. Sorry to disappoint you. Okay, the people that sit in this chair, and I think that a healthy church has a third of the people that attend a weekend service sitting in this seat. Really? 
Well, let's just stop and think, McFly, just for a minute. Where else are they going to go? To, where else is better for them to go than to come to a local church where they can ask questions? Where else is better for them to go that they can deal with the things that are troubling their hearts? Where else is better for them to go to deal with the things that are ailing them? Starbucks isn't going to have their answers. I, I love their drinks, but I'm just telling you, they're, 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 they don't have, they're not preaching the gospel at Starbucks. Sorry to disappoint you. Local grocery store isn't going to take care of it. The department store isn't going to take care of it. The local golf course, they'll hear the name of Jesus, but not in the context of the gospel. It's not the Green Bay Packers' responsibility or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Brewers. Where? It's a local church. I think the third of a healthy, growing local church should be filled with people that are far away from God. Cocaine snorting, skirt chasing, half-lit people living in sin. Going, hey, man, I lost a bet, bro, and I'm just here today. Hey, you know what? This girl over here, she is hot, and I'm here to try to let her think I'm a good guy, so I'm going to church today. Hey, you know, man, I just thought maybe I might do a little something. My mom keeps nagging me, so it's like, okay, I'll go to your church. So I'm here today. Could you please land the plane? That's what you're looking at me because you know what time it is. And if you're in this chair and you're here for the very first time today, you know what my prayer is? That you just come back. Because I know it's got to be weird coming to a church. I mean, think about it. We don't, those of us that don't sit in this seat, it is a little different. I'm going to invite you to go to a place where you kind of think, I don't know really what to expect. I mean, the guy, the pastor, he's just going to like just beat me with a Bible. It's going to be boring as all get out. He's probably going to be somewhat of a, of a wimp and, 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 and some little emaciated Nancy up there talking to me. This is men, I'm just telling you. Or it's a situation where all they want is my money. And then they're going to tell me how horrible I am and all that kind of stuff. And then, then I got a situation, too, where, you know, man, I'm just here, and then I'm going to come in here, and then for 20 minutes you're going to sing songs. And I see people doing this and this and this. Are they constipated? I don't know what's going on. Do they have a question? What's going on? You'd be amazed at the questions that I get from people sometimes. It's like, hey, man, Aaron, I was at the church on Sunday. I'll be in the community and, and at lunch or something. They'll go, I saw people doing this. Like, they need to go to the bathroom. Is it like a... You have to, an usher has to come and let you out. I mean, what's, what's the gig with that, right? I'm serious. Hand to the sky. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm just telling you. That's, that's, I don't know. Really, and, then, and, then, and then the guy's going to get up and it's a weird deal until Jesus shows up and does something in your heart and in your life that you just can't explain. So all of a sudden, what's happening with the food dude, you hear the gospel message in a way that you can understand it for the first time. And life change happens. Every single weekend, people show up in this seat and they move to that seat because they make a decision to follow Christ. And I'm just telling you, if you sit in this chair, we're so glad you're here. If you sit in this chair, I'm glad you're here. If you leave, I'm leaving. Peace out, Girl Scout. I didn't shave my legs to minister to these other two groups of people. I'm telling you, I'm here because of you. And before we forget, 
and get all sanctimonious. The Bible didn't say that Jesus was a friend of mature Christ followers. The Bible didn't say that Jesus was a friend of pastors and ministers. The Bible didn't say Jesus was a friend of those who liked him. The Bible says he was a friend of sinners, people that sat in this chair. The greatest compliment you could give me or Life Church is that we are your friend. I don't know about that, Aaron. I mean, because, I mean, come on. I mean, you're talking about watering down the gospel, and we start loving people, and isn't that what Jesus did for you? Yeah, I think that's what the Bible says. When you and I were dead in our own sins and transgressions, sitting in the Red Sea, that's when Christ loved us and died for us. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. And me loving people and us loving people that sit in this chair doesn't mean we condone their behavior. It just means I love you. You know why? Because God loves you. Because God loves me. And the grace that he's given me, if you knew, listen, if you knew how jacked up I am and how unworthy I am, man, I don't use my bullets on anybody else but the devil. I don't shoot at anybody else. I don't shoot at other churches. I don't shoot at other Christians. I don't shoot at other pastors. You know why? Because I know how flawed I am. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to have a seat at the table. So my love for you comes because that's what God did for me. It's not an acceptance. It's not a condoning. It's just simply an invitation. So I think a healthy church has a third of its people that are sitting in this chair. I tell my daughters, I have two teenage daughters, Tammy and I do, a junior in high school and a, and a seventh grader. And I just say, look, girls, just because people go to life church doesn't mean they're saved. But we want that. I saw a guy a few weeks ago, he was here and he was sitting out front smoking. And uh, I'm highly allergic to cigarette smoke. It's just one of those things. I just, I, I don't think it sends you to hell at all. I just, I just, I'm highly allergic to it. I just start sneezing and wheezing and the whole deal. And uh, I walked over to him. I said, hey, man, how are you? He said, I'm good. He said, and he, here's what he said to me. He, he said, I could just tell. He was like, I'm sorry. I said, bro, no way. You are welcome here. You sit out here. <laughs> It'll get you to heaven faster. You just sit here, you know? I mean, it, hey, hey, there's no, there's no hate here. Understand? Why? Because somewhere along the way, we think that we got this corner market on this deal. No. The church is not a country club for a bunch of exclusive Christians. The church is not a place for a bunch of kumbaya, navel-gazing Christians that just say, go to hell, community. The church is a, it's a hospital. Where hurting people are coming in and where new babies are being born and where the responsibility of the minister and mature Christ followers are to, to give life and to love. Why? Because we've been loved. And what happens a lot of times in a lot of churches is they have a seat that we don't have at Life Church. But I want to talk about that seat just for a minute because since I'm on it, they, they, they have a high chair. Now, I know you've seen these before. They're relatively, like, tame. Right? It's a nice little plastic thing. It's, it's, the, it's the little Mohicans that you put in here that are a little crazy, right? Because <laughs> they're babies. They don't know any better. So they like to throw food and throw a fit. Why? Because they want attention and they want to eat and they don't know how to express themselves. 
And so in church, what happens is this, is you have people that they get saved, but they forgot about what it was like to be a new Christian. They forgot what it was like to sit in this seat. But they got saved and they were new in their faith. And there was a mature Christ follower that invested in them somewhere. But they refused to sit in this chair. Maybe because they refused to tithe. They don't want to grow up with their finances. Maybe they refused to serve in a ministry because uh, church is all about them. Uh, let me stop real quick. You may need to buckle both seatbelts up for what I'm about to say, okay? If I haven't offended you yet, I'm, I'm going to get there, okay? Just, just work with me. Give me a little time. And I don't mean this to be offensive. I just want you to understand this. Especially if you're thinking, ah, maybe life church is for me. Maybe let's just let, let hear this. Uh, so, so, but a mature Christ follower, they refuse to sit here. Because they're not going to be inconvenienced. They're not going to move services for somebody else. They don't really care about this person. Especially if they're in a different political class than them. Or a different voting block than them. Or think different than they do. And, and they don't really have time for that person. They just want that person to hurry up and that's fine. But really church is all about them. And, and so they refuse to sit there. So they want to sit in the high chair. And, and what I call the eye chair, not the high chair, the, the, the eye chair. Because church needs to be about them. The program should be about them. The ministry should be about them. The small group should be about them. They, 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 it's all about them. It's all about them. And so what happens is, is that I'm the food dude, and I'm here linking arms with the mature Christ follower, and, and, and I'm trying to say things and present the Jesus, the bread of life, in a way in which, which they can understand it. I'm not watering down the gospel. I'm not pulling down. Sin is sin, and right is right, and wrong is wrong, and hell is hot, and sin ain't right, and Christ is holy, and righteous will prevail. I get all of that. But I'm saying in a way in which they can understand it. I'm trying to help this person here come along and understand and to grow and to develop and understand that, that they may fall down sometimes, but that God's grace is sufficient, that he's faithful and just according to John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 19, to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. I'm trying to remember, and I'm trying to communicate, and, and, and I'm trying to encourage. But this person here, they, they want my attention. And so they say, well, you know, man, I, I give a lot of money. And, 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 and I got a lot of influence. I mean, I, you know, I mean, literally, I remember, I'll never forget one Sunday when I had a guy come to me and just say, hey, uh, I, I'm worth a lot of money. I'm not joking. And I'll give a lot to this church. But uh, there's a few things I'd like to know. I want to know this, this, this. He wanted a full resume on me. wanted to know what my credentials were, blah, 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 blah. And I said, just stop for just a second. I went and got one of our elders. And I just said, come back over here. And I just said, why don't you tell this guy what you just told me? And, then, and I looked at him. I said, Do, and, I said, and they, they looked at him. And they said, sir, if you're going to come to Life Church, you're going to have to come in a different way because we don't do things this way. And he looked at me. I just said, hey, man, I'm just the pastor. That's, that's kind of how it is. Sorry. <laughs> See ya. I'm just thinking that. I've seen him multiple times at the airport since, and I wave and say hi, but he never came back because he's not a chairperson. Because this is what, what I chair people want me to do. They want me to turn my back on the world. They want me to turn my back on developing Christ followers, and they refuse to grow up. And so what they want me to do is they want me to turn around right here, and they want me just to give them my undivided attention. And so my back is to all these people. My back is to you because they want to be fed. Because they, they refuse to feed themselves. I'm going to keep turning back and forth. Hopefully I don't set this chair on fire with my jeans. But I, I, and, and, and they, they want to be fed, and, and they want music a certain way, and they want quiet time a certain way. They want this a certain way, and they want to know this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And this is what it's all about. Just me, 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 my, 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 my. This is what I want. And then I kind of go, but what about lost people? What, let them go to hell. That's how they feel. We don't say that because that would be wrong to say that. But we think that way. Because I'm not going to be inconvenienced for these people. 
And I'm not going to be inconvenienced for these people. And I refuse to sit in that chair. So me, 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 me. So here's what I decided a long time ago. Because I've been sitting at church around a table for a long time. Because I grew up in a church like this. And the church that I grew up in, none of these seats existed. It was this. That's what it was. And so I was just like, no, 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 no. That's not even biblical. There's no theological water. My responsibility is to serve up this bread of life and to invite these people. So what we say at Life Church is we don't have any room for eye chair. So I chair people, if you want to go to a local church, that's great. You get to heaven. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not God. But at the end of the day, we don't have space for you here. And if you're here today and you're looking for a church and that's what you want, well, can the music be a little bit more like this? And when are we going to do this program? When are we going to do that program? Let me help you with something. There are exit doors that are located in the back of this room. You probably would do good with walking out at a certain point and not coming back because that's not what we're here for. It's not what Jesus came for. Do you know who sat in the eye chair in the first century? The Sadducees and the Pharisees, the people that nailed Jesus to a cross. And what did they say? What was their gripe? He's a friend of sinners. He eats at a table with tax collectors and with prostitutes and with people that are of no reputation. What did Isaiah say of Jesus? He was a man who left the glories and the splendor of heaven and he clothed himself in corrupted humanity and he made of himself no reputation. No. No. There'll be a lot of people that are going to sit in this chair. This isn't my table. This is God's table. This isn't my chair. This is just the chair that God has assigned me to right now. But as long as I sit in this chair, I'm telling you, in the words of an old preacher, don't know a man on this preacher, I'm not attracted to you because of your money. I don't, as I'm filtering right now. When Simon the sorcerer came to Paul and tried to buy the power of God, if you read the original translation in the Greek, it says to hell with you and your money. You can't buy this. It's not for sale. It's free. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Jesus we might be saved. That's the message. So what do we preach here? Real simple. It's what, it's what, what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. We preach Christ and him crucified. We preach Jesus. We preach Jesus. Don't. Don't misunderstand me. Because I'm saying that sinners are welcome, it doesn't mean that we change our message. The message doesn't change. Understand? The message never changes. It's Christ. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And what was sin 2,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago is sin today. It doesn't change. It doesn't change because it's not politically correct. It doesn't change because people think it should change. It doesn't change because somebody else has interpreted Scripture different. No, it's God's Word. And so my responsibility is a food dude. I don't get to change the menu, but it's my responsibility to serve it up hot and fresh so that it builds these believers and it, and it serves this seeker to help them find the questions that they're asking. And every time I preach, every time I'm preaching, I'm thinking of the person that's sitting here and I want to encourage you. I want to remind you 
I'm probably not going to say anything that you don't know. Some of you have been saved longer than I've been, I've, I'm, I've been alive. I'm 42. I'll be 43 my birthday. I just want to remind you. In this world that tries to grab your attention, this is all temporal. It's all going to burn one day, folks. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when you stand before God, the Bible says that all the things that you've done in the name of Jesus on this side of eternity will basically be accumulated into a crown of life, a crown of righteousness. And God will give that to you. And so what I want to do for you, the greatest thing I can do for you, is help you have the biggest crown of righteousness you possibly can have. Because when we get to heaven, we'll be able to sing. We get to heaven, we'll be able to worship God. We get to heaven, we'll be able to talk to the writers of the New Testament, the Old Testament. We get to heaven, we'll understand what the Bible says. We'll do all that stuff. But the only thing that we cannot do when we get to heaven is see somebody who was lost and dead in their sins come to faith in Jesus Christ. So what I want to do with you, and the Bible says that those become jewels in your crown. What you do in the name of Christ become jewels in your crown, whether it's giving to missions, whether it's going on a mission trip, whether it's doing outreach locally, whether it's ministering to your neighbor and seeing them come to the table and be fed, however you want to equate that. And so my job is to help you have the biggest crown of righteousness so that when he calls your name and he gives it to you, I will be there clapping for you going, that's awesome. We did it. We did it together. (laughs) We won our city for Christ. We emptied hell and we filled heaven. You understand, those of you that sit in this chair, listen to me. All the people that come to faith in Christ, they're not accredited to me. They're accredited to you. I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. But it's jewels in your crown. It's what you're going to have. And the Bible says that you will take the crown and you will lay it at the feet of Jesus. There'll be some people that just kind of slid into heaven on the skin of their teeth. Like last minute, just like right before they die, God saving, boom, they're, they're in heaven. I think they don't get one of those little Burger King crowns. They're going to have a crown, but it's going to be like, I think St. Peter's going to kind of go, hey, man, this is kind of flimsy, but whatever, bro. Here you go. No, no, no. I want them to have to, like, have a forklift to get your crown. Because the Bible says only what's done for Christ. And that new Christ follower, I mean, this new to faith community, I want to make sure they're getting the word every week. Because that's what's going to develop them and grow them. And not tradition that they're going to choke on. And that person is far away from God. I want them to sense Jesus. I want them to see Jesus. Because here's what happens every week at Life Church. Yesterday, there was a dad, a husband, who said to his wife, You know what? I'll go with you to Life Church tomorrow. I'll go. The Packers aren't playing this weekend. It's important. And uh, I've seen the change because it's been a few months and a couple years, and she was sitting in this chair when she first came. Some fellow school mom invited her, and she heard the message of Jesus, and it changed her. Well, she knew about God, and she knew about church, and she was raised in the, a tradition, but never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, never read the Bible, ne- never prayed, ne- never had any connection. And there was a seat that was provided for her. She saw people. She saw women of God that she said, I, I'd like to be like that lady. If that's what it means to be a Christ follower, that's what I want to be. I'd be a mom like, and 
So she moved from this red chair to this green chair. She's been growing and developing. And she's been in a life group. And she's been, she's, been, she's been praying for her husband, who she knows is not right with God. And he doesn't go to church, not because he doesn't think, believe in God or he has a problem with it. He has a problem with church because it's boring. And most pastors are just, you know, browbeating, make no sense. And um, they all they want your money. And uh, they're just kind of anemic. They're not real men. There's these little emaciated, lispy, wispy kind of guys that just want to just kind of preach. And he just thinks churches feel full of old people, kids, and ladies. Real men that watch football and scratch and belch and I'm telling you, this is the truth. Go hunting. Grow face hair. They don't go to church. Drive Harleys. They don't go to church. Now, that's relegated for those weak, weak people that just need a crutch through life. And he said to her yesterday, hey, I'll go with you at Life Church tomorrow. And on the outside, she's trying to keep her composure. But on the inside... She's like, thank you, God. She's thinking through her mind of all the girlfriends at Life Church that she wants to text, direct message on Twitter, whatever, and just communicate, my husband's coming tomorrow. Because she thinks if he can experience an environment that I've experienced, that he may start in this chair, but he'll get to that chair. And how awesome it would be if her whole family could go to church together. So this morning, she got up early. Freaked him out a little bit, but he's okay because she did a full breakfast. And everybody knows that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Amen? She got the kids ready. Because she's just thinking nothing can go wrong because he will, look, he will find any excuse to opt out of this. Honey, you go ahead. I'll stay home with the baby. He's not feeling well. So she got the kids already. He's just like, this is like Father's Day on steroids. He's a little bit wigged out. And, and, but, but he's okay with it. And as she's driving to church this morning, here's what she's praying as she grips the steering wheel. Oh, God. When we pull into the parking lot, let them see a difference in the people. Let them see people that are real and that are friendly and that are kind. Don't let it be like the Target parking lot where we're like cutting people off and giving the Hawaiian hello and all kinds of stuff just to get a parking space. Just, God, let it be. You realize that people that come to church the first time, within seven seconds of driving onto the campus, they make an initial decision whether they're coming back or not. Before they ever hear the music, before they ever meet a pastor, before they ever hear the message, they're making a decision whether they'll be back the next week. Because they're looking at you and going, do I want what they have? Are these people really any different than anybody else? God, I just pray that as we get into the church, into the building, let, 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 let them see real men. Like Bill Drescher. Like, like Scott Mankey. Let, 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 let them see people that are real. 
Let, 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 let him see that. Lord, I just pray let there be plenty of workers and life kids. Because you know, God, the kids are going to want to go in there. And, but if there's an excuse for him to sit in the foyer, he'll sit in the foyer and say, honey, you go in. And you know, even if we go in, God, and the baby's with us, he's not going to get anything out of the message. Parenthetical thought. That's the reason why we do what we do at Life Kids. And we do such a high level there. It's so that you're able to receive the message. And just like I've been talking about the systematic theology that we teach your children, they're able to get it too. Everybody's fed. And God, I just pray as he walks into the room, I know he's going to be wigged out a little bit. There's not any stained glass. There's no candles. There's no priest. But I just pray he's expecting pipe organ and choir. But when they key up the songs, let it be like it was four weeks ago when it was just electric, when it felt like the roof opened up like Miller Park and like you just showed up. And let him just see, let him see men that are worshiping you. Not wigged out, not weird, but that are singing, that are worshiping you. Let him experience what I experienced. I'm telling you. Four weeks ago, standing in that foyer, a lady's having this conversation with me. She said, I've never seen anything like this before. I've never been anything like this before. I don't even know how to explain it. She's just talking so fast that she can hardly even keep up. She's talking so fast, I can't hardly even understand her. And that's really fast for me. It's the Holy Spirit. She said, I cried through the whole service. And I'm not a crier. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm not hurting much. But it's just so sweet. It's the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray, let Pastor Aaron be on. Let him be funny like he was six weeks ago when he was funny. He was appropriate. He was funny. Not like he was seven weeks ago. He was a little bit too much. But, but just, just six weeks ago, that, that message would have been perfect for my husband to hear. Yeah, let, let it be like that. And God, I just pray that he'll want to come back. That is why I pastor. That is why I and Tammy sit in this chair. That is why this church exists. So what seat are you sitting in today? Would you be in the red chair? Maybe you're not ready, but maybe you are. In just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity if you want to switch seats and move from this red chair to this green chair and give your life to Christ. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. And if you're not ready to do that, that's totally fine. That's when you and God, that's a personal decision. I don't judge you. I'm just a messenger. Maybe you're in the green chair today. And it's time for you to move to this mature Christ follower seat. And maybe moving from there to here means you're going to get involved in a life group. We've got life group signups all this whole month. Maybe it means you're going to get involved in a ministry. Maybe you've just kind of been attending and consuming church, but, but now you're going to move and, and move that. Maybe it means you're going to really begin to give, not tip God, but tithe. It's a big difference. How did a Catholic guy say to me, came to Life Church, he said, you know, man, if I put 20 bucks in the offering to the Catholic Church, man, I, I got a card from the priest. Like, I just thought I was like a rock star. And he said, I realized as I began to walk through that God is expecting more than just money. He wants my life. It's maturity. It's growth. 
Maybe you're in this chair. Maybe you're over in the eye chair. And you're like, oh God, have I become that? That elitist that's all about self-consumption and doing church my way? I don't know. What I do know is, is that we're all sitting in one of these seats. If you ever want to sit in this chair, I'll have the keys for you after the service. Uh, we're all sitting in one of these seats. And the reality is, is where are you sitting? And should you change seats? Because the table, the church is a table where people come to be fed. That's what we're called to do every single weekend. That's what we're about. That's our DNA. Let's pray right now. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I just thank you for all of this. And I just pray, God, right now that as we reflect, as we look in our own lives, God, where are we seated? Lord, do we need to change seats? Whatever it may be, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you'll speak to our hearts and that you'll help us. That we'll always be a church that welcomes people that are far away from you. You called us to catch the fish. You never called us to clean them. We'll always be a church that will be committed to seeing people grow in their faith. And we'll always be a church where there'll be a backbone of mature Christ followers that will link arms with the pastor, whomever that may be, and win our community for Christ. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you just say, man, Aaron, I'm sitting in that red chair, and I want to move to that green chair. I want to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and my life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Praying the prayer doesn't save you, but if you believe the prayer that you're about to pray, the Bible says that you will be saved, that you, in essence, per our conversation today, you will have changed seats. That heaven will be your home, that you'll be right with God. If you're ready to make that decision, I, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And I'm going to ask everybody in this room to lend your voice with those that may be praying this prayer for the very first time. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and into my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I am a sinner. And I believe that you, Jesus, are my salvation. Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, and rose from the grave. Just like the Bible says, I give you my life today. I change seats today. I choose to follow you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.